Hi, readers. I'm Jordan. And I'm Katie. And welcome to Not Another Heroine, the podcast where we break down the best and worst fictional heroines, those swashbuckling ladies who have to work a little harder than expected for their happy ending. Want to see what's next on our TBR list? Subscribe to us on YouTube or follow us on Instagram for a sneak peek at upcoming content or to help us pick our next book. We are here uh, virtually again for some reason. We well, <laughs> I know why we're here virtually. It's because we did not plan <laughs> very well. No, nope. and we've uh-uh. had some last what last minute changes to our s- recording schedule. And we have like life stuff too. I feel like sometimes it's hard to like find a seven hour block to hang out with friends once or twice a week. <laughs> yeah, it's it's challenging. This is not our full time job. We wish it was, but yeah. Oh, could you imagine? I can, and it hurts my soul because it's not real. <laughs> you're like seeing your dream before your eyes. Like, God, I see what you're doing for other people. I want you to do that for me, too. <laughs> I just want to talk about books and K-dramas all day, every day. Uh-huh. The dream. <laughs> but we well. are here for part three of Crash Landing on You. Um, this mm-hmm. is episodes nine through 12. Yeah. So the 75% mark? How does it, or would it be 50 to 75? No, I think this is, this is the 75% mark. And we left off on a huge cliffhanger last time. That we did. I'm sorry. But there's lots of resolution in this episode. Episodes nine and 10 really kind of give the viewer a little bit of closure for some of the conflict that has been going on for a while. That's true. But like from the romantic plot. Which is the only one I care about. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. I think, honestly, you could probably watch to episode 12 and be, like, kind of okay. Though episode 12 does kind of leave you off in a, like, what happens next? I like, mean, you know how it's going to end. You know how certain K-dramas have, like, a dark indie vibe? Oh, like, oh, someone dies. Yeah. Someone is sad at the end of the show. This one does not have that. That is... That's true. Crash is kind of... It is kind of, like, like, all sparkles and sunshine and pink and floatiness. Despite <laughs> being about North Korea. <laughs> yeah. I almost kind of like that kind of dichotomy of <laughs> it's North Korea, but make it like cute. <laughs> and they did that really well. I mean, they mm-hmm. did it while still giving a good balance of the seriousness of what people yeah, have to experience yeah. in that country. Yeah, 100%. But well, shall we? <laughs> we shall. I, I'm the anticipation is just building for me. You do you want to launch into it? Sure, I can. I was not prepared to, oh. but I absolutely can. <laughs> this is like a pick of the week moment. Pick of the week. I know. Stage fright. So basically, like immediately after the phone call. So if you maybe didn't make it to the end of the last episode or you forgot because it's been a couple of days in life, I feel that. We had this super like emotionally charged phone call between Yoon City and Captain Ree- Lee. There we go. Not an R. Where he may or may not have thought that she was like, Dead, dead and yeah dead dead <laughs> like shot dead like he was crying <laughs> dead oh it was so like emotional and you could, kind of sad and adorable like see, all at once. like the heart-wrenching pain on his face like kudos to this uh, actor see i want to know the timeline of their real life relationship versus filming because like was a little bit of that real you know what i mean i don't know so when i was looking up other k dramas i think we mentioned this in part one but he was in a show called secret garden which came out in 2010 i think and she Mm. was also Mm -hmm. in that show but as like a supporting smaller part so Uh i i mean i imagine it's a small community of actors and actresses anyway but like they have a history (gasps) oh my god okay so i'm not gonna make like a k-drama out of their real (laughs) lives as k-drama actors but (laughs) imagine that you like they think each other's cute but like you know she only has a small role and like that's not the main love interest and then all of a sudden he gets a call from his like manager and he's like hey you're gonna be on this like new show and he's like okay cool and he shows up for the first day of filming and, and it's, it's her, her. And oh the- my god, <laughs> god. we anyway, just made a new show like the, <laughs> i know the plot of a k-drama <laughs> yeah exactly hmm. oh, oh my gosh okay so emotionally charged phone call i don't really know how he gets like snapped up but he like gets caught by the bad guys the like uh artifact oh the truck people. Gang, right yeah he like basically gets kidnapped they beat the shit out of him, interrogated, etc. Except uh, Yoon City like wasn't kidnapped by that same group of people. No, nope. <laughs> she was 
kidnapped by someone a little bit more serious, a little bit more like put together, uh, which is Captain Lee's dad. dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those like, oh, <laughs> well, um, and when we realize who she's kidnapped by, like you see her in a house, like not a yeah. dark cement prison. It's kind of like a it's the attic, I think, of a house. So there's like extra mm-hmm. furniture lying around and she's not bound and she's got like hot food delivered to her. <laughs> That's kind of the funny like thing though that what was his game plan the whole time? Was he like I just want to talk to this woman? You know what I mean? That's a very odd game plan that you're going to kidnap her at gunpoint and then just bring her to your house unsecured. I wonder if good old, you know, Captain Lee's dad was like my son is not handling this the right way. <laughs> like he keeps messing this up. How many escape attempts have they failed? Um, and he got shot. True. <laughs> so that is also true. dad is like taking over to be like, let's just let me handle this. I'm the director for a reason. Yeah. So um, after that, basically, like Yin City goes to talk to Captain Lee's dad. And uh, at this point, she doesn't know that that's his dad, I'm pretty sure. And he but he like says like, oh, Captain Lee was like holding you at his house and like asked her questions. And she's like, no, he's been like so nice. And like he's been trying to get me back to South Korea, but like it just hasn't worked out. And like he's been so kind and respectful. And like I really appreciate all of his help. But, you know, he can't nobody can know because you'll get in trouble. And the whole time she's telling this to the dad of the guy that she's talking about. (laughs) Exactly. And the mom is kind of lurking in the background. Oh, yeah adorable do you want to talk about the mom because the mom is like low-key she's the real a, power yeah the a good ass character <laughs> yeah so um yun Seri is so she's in the attic still and so she's been she's talked to the dad a few times but she's refusing to eat which is a big deal for yun Seri. like she's and it's not because she's like on a hunger strike it's just uh she feels probably like sick to death with worry for mm-hmm. captain lee and not knowing like what her fate is and so captain lee's mom kind of comes up to the attic and says hey like you need to eat this like you're very weak you've been here for a while just please eat like a girl like you or something like that should not be suffering like uh-huh. this <laughs> and <sighs> yun suri kind of was like hmm interesting like what's your role here like how do you why are you people involved <laughs> yeah. like why aren't you putting a gun like to what my is head? this guy yeah why does this guy have like a nice ass wife like coming upstairs to tell like coddle me <laughs> how does it go she like i think yun Suri is like cold or something and like sleeping on the floor and uh, yeah the mom is like fuck this like my husband is trying to be a hard ass but this is clearly not going well so she escorts yun Suri down to this bedroom and I want this bedroom. So it's this <laughs> floor to ceiling bookshelves filled with books. There's a piano in one corner, like a like a desk, a bed. And like Yun Suri is looking around like, who the fuck lives here? Like, and she starts looking at some of the books and she recognizes some of them. And then she mm-hmm. kind of goes to the piano and she's looking around and she kind of eventually pieces together that she is in Captain Lee's old bedroom. Ugh. Adorable. <laughs> I think he sees like a picture or something, or she sees like a I don't remember what. Yeah, it's it's something. And then there's a a thread that is kind of going through all of these episodes that we haven't talked about before. But while Yunseri was in Switzerland, she heard a she heard obviously Captain Lee playing the piano. And now at the time she didn't know it's Captain Lee. She still she still doesn't know it's Captain Lee, but she remembered the song that he was playing. And this is a song Captain Lee created for his dead brother, and he's only ever played it once. And Yun Suri remembered, like, the basic melody of it. And so she has been going around throughout her life playing, like, this short little melody, asking if anyone knows the composer. Oh, Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I know. This is such a warm, fuzzy moment. And so I think she asked, what's his name? Our, her ex-fiancé. Alberto. Oh, Alberto. Mm-hmm. She's asked a few people and they're all like, mm, no, I've never, never heard of this piece before. It's pretty, but, and you can kind of see mm-hmm. her like hopes die a little bit every time, like someone doesn't recognize it. And then you mm-hmm. see her and just, just the visuals of this sitting in Captain Lee's old bedroom at his piano, the piano that was on the dock in Switzerland that he was playing. And then she like oh. picks out the melody that he wrote for his dead brother 
oh my God. So she's just having this like sitting in the memories of Captain Lee in his house. And that's a thread that's kind of pops up across a couple different episodes. Mm -hmm. It's almost like kind of like fate intervening, but in ways that they don't recognize until later. And that totally happens again in like episode like 11 and 12, where it's just all of these like slightly missed chances almost if they just would recognize what's actually happening. Like it's an interesting like fate, love, whatever you want to call it. But it's like not near misses because it all comes full circle. But these moments of like almost. (laughs) Exactly. And then so... She has like a good night's rest finally. And then mm-hmm. she, um, we get a flash to Captain Lee. And I think he's escaped from wherever he was or he was released. Do you recall? I think his dad like came in and like pulled the like, I'm a big baddie. And they're like, what are you doing to my son? Like, that's not how you treat prisoners or whatever. And uh, just yanked him out of the prison. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And Captain Lee's dad has got like major like. You can see what Captain Lee is going to be in 30, 40 years. Yeah. Like commanding, yep. <laughs> confident, like, don't fuck with me. I have, I have the patience of centuries. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. And so he like takes him home, uh, Captain Lee. And then I don't even know how they see each other for the first time. I remember. Oh, I Please do. Tell. It's so cute. <laughs> okay. Because I think Captain Lee like comes home and is like, what did you do? Because he figures out that his dad is responsible for Yoon Suri, I think. Oh, yeah. And so mm-hmm. Captain Lee is sitting in like a parlor interrogating his dad. Like, what did you do to her? Where is she at? Is she safe? And um, at, while this interrogation is happening, yeah. Captain Lee's mom is like, hmm. And so she takes Yoon Suri and Yoon Suri doesn't want Captain Lee to know that she's there. And this is like her last ditch effort to protect him and like get him away from her because she's caused so many issues in his life. And Captain Lee's mom is like, no, honey, like you two are meant to be together. He needs to see you. And so, so she drags like Yoon Suri to sit right behind a corner and listen in and oh, eavesdrop yeah. on Captain Lee and his dad talking about it. And, and his dad is kind of like poking the bear a little bit like, what would happen if I did do something to Yoon Suri? What you going to do about <laughs> it, son? And like you can see he's like, I will kill you. <laughs> yeah. Captain Lee is just getting more and more irritated. And then I forget mm-hmm. what the line is, but... It's something, and it's something that sparks Yoon Suri to, like, step around the corner, and then she and Captain Lee exchange eye contact in, like, this huge, I don't know, like, as an audience member, sigh of relief, like, thank God, (laughs) because the tension building here is insane. Yeah. This may be, I may be alone in feeling this, but did anyone else, and this is for the listeners and for Jordan, um, did anyone else feel slightly uncomfortable of like this proclamation of love in front of the parents? So weird. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. No. <laughs> no like I, <laughs> I 100% loved it. Oh, but don't like, they kiss in front the of the thought? Like, don't they have like a huge. They like hug or like they have some kind of like physical PDA moment. Yeah. And the parents are just standing there, right? Yep. Ooh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's just one the, of those like, oh my God, I'm not doing this in front of someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Captain oh, Lee is like, I don't care. And like he like rushes mm-hmm. forward and like hugs her or something. Something very yeah. hug well, I mean, like, it, and dramatic. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense because he thought that she was dead. Yeah. So it's like, of course, it's going to be a little bit like, ooh. <laughs> but also in front of the parents, like maybe just wait 0.5 seconds. <laughs> exactly. But Then we get a scene. So everything kind of calms down and they just basically Mm -hmm. get a nice, quiet night at home. And Mm -hmm. so do you want to talk about the scene? It's so fucking cute. So the melody thing that Jordan was talking about a little bit. (laughs) Cute. Cute. Adorable. (laughs) Extra cute. (laughs) So the melody that Jordan was talking about immediately like resurges because they walk into um, Captain Lee's room together. They're just like talking or whatever. And she walks up to the piano and she's like, oh, like, well, I have you here. And he's like sitting on the bed behind her or something. And she's like, do you ever like recognize or do you like recognize this melody? Like I've asked every single person I've ever talked to that like knows anything about music. And then she plays it and he like his like face. Like, oh my god, I am freaking. I'm trying to contain my excitement. She's like for waving this. her hands. Like you are, you as the watcher viewer is are waiting for this scene for the entire show because they mm-hmm. neither one of them have figured out that they saw each other before in Switzerland. 
Oh mm-hmm. my god. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Ugh, it's so cute. And so he has this like dawning realization. He's like, what the actual fuck? And then he like kind of like comes up and sits behind her. And then she, I think, still plays the like main like melody. And then he adds all the like instrumental he parts. He plays to it. the oh whole god. part. Oh my god. He just sits down like oh. like this was another de- debugging of the hotel room incident because he just sits down and masterfully plays this piano piece. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then, obviously, she has an equally, like, what the fuck moment because she's been asking people about this, like, fucking song for however many years and nobody has known it. And then, all of a sudden, Captain Lee again. (laughs) And they're both. They do a good job kind of showing the kind of astonishment on both of their faces. Like, because they were like, there's no way this could happen aside from fate, destiny, some otherworldly power to put us in each other's paths, paths through life repeatedly Mm -hmm. from that point five or six years ago until now. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then Captain Lee kind of explains how he's like never really played the song for anyone else and never played it again. Like that was the first and last time. And it was like an homage to his dead brother. So it's like even more just like emotionally like Oh, Oh, God. And then we get the, like, you know, obligatory flashback scene of them in Switzerland. And I think it's, like, this is the final time they show the scene where they actually show them making, like, eye contact afterwards or something. Or she's like, oh, that was an amazing piece. And he's like, thank you. And then that's the end of the interaction. Like, oh, okay, you're just going to now tell us that after, you know, 15 hours of... (laughs) The amount of time we have invested into these people to get them here. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Bruh. Mm-hmm. So, but that was our like peaceful interlude of like nice romance. And then we have, it kind of edges back into a little bit more conflict building and drama because uh, mm-hmm. the truck, truck gang is still like on the hunt. And this big baddie that has like at war basically with Captain Lee has enlisted the help of Captain Lee's dad's, like, nemesis, like, the only person who could Mm -hmm. really go toe-to-toe with the dad, but still not quite, like, a younger politician type, but he is actively invested in, like, getting Captain Lee's dad removed from power, and so Mm -hmm. the truck gang dude, he's like, hey, man, like, I, I am... 90 like 99 percent certain that this south korean woman is hiding out at the director's house with captain (laughs) lee so you need to get like a search warrant and we need to bring all of the all of the baddies to this house and search this place for her and it doesn't go so well for them no (laughs) it's like the fun it's almost like comedic timing basically that this guy is like if you fuck this up like i'm gonna get in trouble and i'm gonna come down on you but they like go to search the house and the dad is so calm and composed and he's like sure like you can uh search the house like go ahead see what you'll find he is drinking tea out of the prettiest dainty little teacup the entire time he doesn't get up from his chair (laughs) he's like all right man whatever you do you i am in this position of power for a reason so yep yep and obviously because he is playing chess and everyone else is playing checkers uh they do not find a south korean woman living in the house and he's like okay are you done with this search now and they're like oh i'm so sorry like arrest this other guy that like told me this lie about you like that's so crazy i don't know why he did that i'm so sorry and then he like backs out tail between his legs bro yeah trucking gets shut down like hard mm-hmm. it's such a satisfying like moment too because you're like you deserve this you fucking son of a bitch <laughs> exactly Ugh. and so mm-hmm. in the in this time it's taken for like yoon suri and captain lee to have their like romantic moment in the bedroom with the piano and this search they have spent time developing yet another plan to get Yunsei out of the country because dad is not having it anymore. He's like, I get it. You guys love each other. But also she's from South Korea and you currently serve in the North Korean army. This clearly (laughs) is not going to work long term. So let's proceed. So Captain Lee and Yunsei return to the village. And Mm -hmm. the next scene I think we see is basically a very straightforward we're just gonna walk you back across the border that's it yep. that's exactly how she got there 
And that's how <sighs> she's going home. Yeah. And this scene is kind of like sad and adorable too because like his squad is out there. They're still like stationed at the border or whatever. And so Captain Lee said this, that he's going to Joaquin City to the to the like downed fence where she's going to pass over. And we get this kind of like scene, parallel scene oh where the God. guys are all talking. I know. I want to cry <laughs> just thinking of this. Together. <laughs> I know. The guys are all talking together and they're like, you know, why is it taking so long? Like he knows the path. He's the most you know, he can see in the dark really well. He knows every bump and stone on the path. Like, why is it taking so long? And then we get the parallel scene of Yin City and Captain Lee walking together. And she's like, uh, are we going the right way? And he's like, uh, I don't think we're going the right way. We need to turn around and go this way instead. And then they do this like two or three times. And it's just the parallel like narratives of them talking about how competent. And you just recognize that he wants to draw out this moment like a little bit longer because he it doesn't want to say so goodbye. Sweet. So sweet. And it's those kind of subtle like, um, I don't know how what you'd call it, scene building and dialogue to show uh, mm-hmm. His investment in Yunsuri without calling it out and being super blatant about it. It, I think yeah. it's that style of what cin- cinematography or like writing that really contributes to the butterflies and the empathy you feel for these characters. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting too to compare this to fantasy books that, um, or like romance fantasy books that have similar kind of plot points in it where, you know, the guy is maybe stalling, but because we are only seeing from the perspective of like the heroine, we don't know that there's like a second kind of um, confliction within, you know, the hero or the love interest or whatever. And so it's fun actually seeing that kind of play out of what we're supposed to assume in fantasy books versus like this romance book is like, or this romance, uh, well, it is kind of like a romance book, but this K-drama is like, no, let me give you a little sneak peek. And it just feels so much more satisfying, I think, than books, you know, sometimes tend to do it. I agree. I also don't like perspective switching in books a whole heck of a lot. I don't either. Like, if it's done really well and it's done in a limited capacity, yes. But I think for reading, when you have no other, like, medium to absorb the plot and storyline, you need to have more of a a mystery. Otherwise, it's easy Mm -hmm. to get bored. I could see that. And I think, too, that's probably where some maybe like younger authors or maybe authors that don't have like quite as good of an editing team working with them kind of succumb to that kind of trap of they make it a little bit too blatant that the love interest and the heroine are like together and they, you know, he doesn't want to let her go. Um, They make it a little bit too blatant that it's like less fun and there's less mystery behind it. So it's interesting seeing a K-drama be able to do this well, where most books don't do it that well, but seeing that there's like different problems that they're, you know, having to encounter with the storytelling. So hmm. it reminds me, and again, because we have to relate everything back to our very first book in our very first episode (laughs) with Cron Duel, but that is a story that did this thing really well, which is... With Mm -hmm. Shivraith's character, that final scene where he's like pulling his glove off and then you see the ring and then as a reader, you put all the pieces together like, oh, he has been helping her all along. He's been like sending her these letters and only now do you actually put the whole piece together. So Mm -hmm. it can be done and it can be done real. I kind of want to read the scene again now. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I think you just have different pacing maybe and uh, I could see... Maybe some romance books kind of trying to mash the pace of romance films or romance TV shows where they kind of like force things too fast. But in, I think, book format, you kind of probably have to draw things out a little bit more and just let your readers be smart and like see between the lines, I guess, instead of having to like over explain everything. Yeah, like spoon feed like every single plot device on the planet. Okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go on to a tangent with some of the books we've read recently. So moving back to, (laughs) you know, I think we're we're pretty much at the final scene for episode nine of Crash. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and it's adorable. It is so We get this like final, you know, she walks over the line and he's like, wait, and she kind of turns around all like crying. And then he walks forward and gives her a hug and they share this super cute kiss. And it's just like, but like first, let her go. But first. She asks if he's going to come with her because he he tells her, you know, walk towards that down tree or something over this line. And he's like, and she asks him, can you come with me? 
And he says, no, I can't cross the line. Oh and, he, and so she starts walking away. And then a camera pans uh, back to him. And you see him, like, warring with himself. And then he's like, nah, god damn it. And so he, like, charges forward. And that's when they have their romantic final kiss. And she's gone forever. <sighs> not really. God. Yeah, not really. Surprise. <laughs> episode 10. <laughs> this is only episode 10. There's 16 episodes. Mm -hmm. Yep. So episode 10, uh, Yoon Sidi is obviously back in South Korea. She kind of has this very dramatic, like, I'm back in not She had dead, like a bad bitches. boss bitch, like, return. Mm -hmm. It was very, yep. very satisfying. Yeah. She gets all dressed to the nines. She, like, goes into her company and she's like, I am alive. And everybody's like, what the fuck? And then she also says that, like, in celebration of her being alive, all of her products are, like, half off. And it's the only time they've ever, you know, did ever. a discount. This is, like, ever. a super luxury brand. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just one of those, like, fun moments where it's like, you need to celebrate the fact that I am back. And it's also, like, very savvy of her like businesswoman savvy that she's kind of coinciding these two events so even though she's offering a discount she's going to make bajillions of dollars <laughs> exactly and she also what was i gonna say i just blanked real hard <laughs> that's fair um she that's what that's right she hides the fact that she was in north korea so when she returns mm -hmm. she's like i was on a sabbatical or something like that because yeah you know it would really impact her business and her family and all of everything going on on the side. So that's like another slight mystery that is established in episode 10 that her family mm -hmm. is like, where were you really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we also get this additional bad bitch businesswoman moment where she walks in perfectly timed with kind of like the board of directors for her company having... <laughs> Jordan just like leapt forward. She's like, oh, my God. <laughs> I just I re everyone kind of envisions themselves, I think, at some point having like an uber mm -hmm. victory moment where you get like the best yep. one up on all of your enemies. And this is what <laughs> yeah. Yoon City does with it's her sister-in-law who is trying to take over her spot, basically. Mm -hmm. And this is the sister-in-law that's a little bit like cutthroat because we have the one brother and one sister-in-law that are like kind of goofy they're the oldest brother but then you have the second oldest brother who's the one that lost all the money and his wife is very cut like cutthroat very cold um calculating and i think she also comes from money and so she was kind of like expecting when she married into this family that you know, she was going to be extremely well off and now all this like kind of wonky stuff is happening. And so she's sitting at the head of the like table and there's all these directors in the room and she's like, uh, OK, we're going to have, you know, the vote for who's going to be the next CEO of this company or to like merge with Queen's group, you know, make your votes or whatever. And then Yoon City walks in and she's like, are you sure you want to make those votes? And everybody's like, oh, fuck. Like, because Yoon City is job. a scary, scary woman when she's in like yeah. CEO mode. She's like i will fire your ass if you don't do exactly yep. what i expect you to do yep and so she basically issues them an ultimatum of like okay if you all leave right now i will forget the fact that you were about to vote to not make me ceo because you thought i was dead um everyone leave and they all just like immediately like scatter out of the room and then uh she has a little bit of a standoff with the the sister-in-law but the sister-in-law's like i fucked up like why are you back from the dead what is happening <laughs> exactly it's i don't know it's such a very it's a satisfying scene and it's just it's a independent woman getting her own kind of thing moment yeah mm -hmm. and it's kind of sad though because all of these bad bitch scenes are immediately followed up with yun city kind of like laying in bed supposed to be sleeping and she's like oh this is how big a bed's supposed to be and i have all my like beauty products and i feel beautiful and like i can eat good food again but then she's just laying in this bed and it's just kind of like the scene of her just laying there and she's like why the fuck can't i sleep and it's like well you maybe miss you Captain know, a certain Lee. someone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, Which it's is... So, it's, like, sad, too. Because everything's very, like, lonely and echoey. Yeah, it's lonely and cold. And you also see how different Yoon Seri is um, when she's in this environment. It's kind of like mm -hmm. um, when you're first introduced to her character in episode one. Like, when I first started the show, I didn't like her. And I'm like, I put the show away. I'm like, I'm not going to watch this because she seems like a bitch. <laughs> like, I'm not going to yep. invest in this character. <laughs> and then you see how much she has gone through, what she's dealing with with her family, and how she truly is when she doesn't have to put on a mm -hmm. front for anyone, for her business, for her yeah. family. 
And so now she's back and she's having to kind of put this shell back on. And it's even more heart-wrenching because you you get to see her like as her true self, which is kind of funny and clever and a little bit manipulative, but in a good way. And mm-hmm. now she's yeah. just sad because there's no Captain Lee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it breaks my heart. And it's cute, too, because she has like a reunion with uh, her assistant that gets hives every oh, time. Oh, that's super she- cute. <laughs> and it's so, he's like crying and he's like, I knew you were dead and you're back now. And like people were trying to say crazy things, but I never gave up hope. And she's like, oh, <laughs> I like you, <laughs> too. Very like detached. I'll Ugh, give you a raise. Adorable. <laughs> yep. Well, meanwhile, though, there's a lot Mm -hmm. going on back in North Korea with Captain Lee. And I forget exactly how this comes about, but the mystery of um, his brother's death that he's been investigating throughout this show, basically, (gasps) kind of comes to a Uh head. Right? Yes, We are at the right place. Yep. Yeah. So Yin City, right before she was kidnapped by Captain Lee's dad's, like, goons or whatever, she's holding this gift that she got at the marketplace. And it's that watch that uh, she, like, found the first time she was at the, like, pawn shop thing. And she's like, wow, that's, like, a really beautiful watch. But, like, she didn't have any money. But she sold off everything that she had right before this final you know, uh, or no, it was for Christmas. She's like, I want to buy him something nice. The engagement ring scene. So she got all this money, got all the things. And she's like, this is a nice watch. Let me give it to Captain Lee for Christmas. And so she has it in a box right as she's getting kidnapped. And the box drops on the ground. You know, she gets taken or whatever. But in the bushes behind all this, this little kid is watching this. And it's the little kid that Yoon City in like the first or second episode uh, sees him getting bullied. And she's like, hey, back the fuck off from him. He's just like doing whatever. And the kid's like, oh, thanks. You're like kind of being nice. But why do you sound like a South Korean? And she's like, I'm a spy. And he's like, oh, my God. Uh, but so the little kid picks up the box. And it turns out that this kid is the rat's son. The guy that's like listening in on everything. And so he gives the watch to uh, his dad and he's like, hey, I found this and this girl got kidnapped. And so all of these things are kind of connecting for the rat, the guy that's listening to, you know, them and reporting back to the truck gang. And he's like, fuck, because this is the watch that belonged to Captain Lee's brother. I saw it when he like rescued me from when I was being beat up by all these guys. And so the watch has gone through like this full It's, again, the whole, like, missed fate by a couple minutes or, like, a couple seconds. This watch has gone through the fucking ringer. And so the rat is eventually, like, Captain Lee, like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I respect you too much. Here's the watch. Look inside of it. And inside the watch, there is this little thumb drive that have all of these, like, dossiers of, like, all the bad stuff about the truck gang. And basically, Captain Lee is, like, fuck and then the next scene is they're in court and the truck gang guy is getting yeeted yeah by he the is legal getting system. destroyed and captain lee is like kind of sitting there in his dress uniform very gleefully like i'm gonna fuck you um it's yep. it's phenomenal but it's not quite successful so the prosecution of mm. the trucking uh goes through and everyone's like nope you're bad you're corrupt funny because they're in north <laughs> korea um but yeah they put them away but i think the leader so this nemesis who's been fighting captain lee the entire time his goons like manage an escape thing for him um and like basically oh, ram yeah. the truck and he gets away and mm-hmm. i I don't know if there's like a confrontation between him and Captain Lee, but it kind of comes out like I'm going to get get one up on you, Captain Lee, and I'm going to take down this woman that you apparently love or something. I don't know mm-hmm. why he hyper like focuses like that's the one like very unrealistic aspect of the show, where, which is the arch nemesis yeah. is like, I'm going to get this woman because I don't like her and I don't like you. It just seems very extreme reaction for someone who is seemingly pretty smart of a villain for most of the show yeah yeah i think his like big game plan is to kidnap yin city when she's in south korea bring her back to north korea and kind of like use her as proof almost but like that convoluted plan is doesn't like quite make sense because like you've already been convicted and they thought you were dead and that you died in this accident so like you're you're a couple steps behind this, my friend. <laughs> like, but we need more conflict because, on. again, there's 16 episodes and we're only yeah. on episode like 10, 11-ish now. 
Yeah. Yeah. But. And so we get a couple of very creepy scenes of him basically sneaking to South Korea through his connections and like stalking her. Um, These are very unsettling scenes. He like plays a bad guy really well. Yeah. Great actor. Um, Like you do not Mm -hmm. like him the entire show, but he blends in very well. Um, so Captain Lee finds out about that the fact that this dude escaped and he's after Yun Sidri and Captain Lee kind of has this, I still need to protect my woman moment and <laughs> manages to escape to South Korea. Why they didn't use this <laughs> system in the first place. So, I, yeah, uh, I mean, we get a flash to Captain Lee crawling through a tunnel that has been used <laughs> for smuggling, which is like, if you knew about this yeah. tunnel in the first place. Why yeah. didn't you use that to get Yoon Suri back across the border? It's just, we start kind of stumbling into some plot holes a little bit, but it's fine. Yeah. I'm okay with it because for the glow up that happens in the future, ooh, oh, worth mm-hmm. it. So yep. as this is going on, Captain Lee is making his way to South Korea to protect Yoon Suri because Yoon Suri really doesn't know what's going on. She's just trying to get her business mm-hmm. and her family situated. And we get a scene of her you know, she's lying in bed and she can't sleep. She It's like many nights like this. And so she finally gets up, puts a coat on and is going for a stroll in the middle of the night because she just can't turn her brain off. And she's sad. She's thinking about Captain Lee and it's probably raining or snowing or something to just make it all. I think it's snowing. <laughs> it's snowing. <laughs> of course it's snowing. And she's on this walk and then she stops and looks up, I think, and she sees Captain Lee, like, Mm -hmm. standing in the middle of the South Korean street. Yeah. And she thinks she's (laughs) hallucinating because why the fuck would he be there? And then he, like, they start walking towards each other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like a mess right now. (laughs) And she realizes, nope, he's actually here. And they have this glorious reunion Oh, my God. Yep. Katie. Because she says it in this very, I, girl, I know. Because she says the whole thing in this very, like, watery, like, crying tone. And she's like, if this is a dream, like, it's a really bad dream. And he's like, why is it a bad dream? And she's like, because if I wake up, I'm going to be sad because this isn't real. And he's like, it is real. And it's like, girl, what? Oh, that's right. Because she has dreams. Like, you get little glimpses (sighs) of her dreams that she has of spending time with him. And so she thinks she's dreaming again, and then it's not. (laughs) My entire heart left my body during this scene. (laughs) And, of course, it's snowing again. The whole, you know, you see the first snow of the season with your true love or whatever. (sighs) So they go back to her place. (laughs) (laughs) Which, knowing K-dramas, it's like they are sleeping in separate rooms, don't interact, doors locked. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. But also, parallel scene, my favorite squad of goobers, basically, (laughs) have been (laughs) given the task by Captain Lee's dad. They're like, Captain Lee wrote us this note. Uh, He said that he's going to go to South Korea to protect this woman. Like, I get he's in love with her, but if anybody finds out that he's in South Korea, we're going to get fucked up. Our whole family is going to be, you know, questioned. Like, you have to go and bring him back to North Korea. And so the squad of, you know, our five adorable little guys meet up with the rat and they are... Uh, they take a plane, right? They're part of the track team. Oh, yeah. It's a very cute scene where mm-hmm. it's kind of a revisit of Siri's initial escape plan, which is to blend in as yeah. a track team. And these dudes are not blending in really well <laughs> at all. <laughs> no. Yeah. And so the coach is like, okay, you have exactly two weeks to go find Captain Lee and bring him back. Otherwise, I can't bring you back to North Korea. Like, that's our timeline. Figure it out. And so... um kind of going into like the meat of episode 11 is kind of like uh Yoon City and Captain Lee kind of like okay we need to give you a makeover which is Jordan's favorite part so I feel like she should <laughs> give um, us more details and I will I don't talk about it's my favorite part but it is very satisfying because if you look at really the, if you if you look at Captain Lee throughout the show he has the worst hair you've ever seen <laughs> Like, we already talked about it a little True. bit, but it's, like, the most jagged, um, uneven bowl cut. And I'm sure it looks like that because it's meant yeah. to be parted differently. But you just want to oh, f- fix it yeah. the whole time. 
And so, and then he, mm-hmm. it's either his army uniform or like, I don't know, the one black turtleneck scene we got a couple episodes ago, but that's mm-hmm. it. And so Yoon Suri takes him shopping and gives him a makeover. And then you get this full sparkly stars. He walks out of the salon in, well, actually there's also the, <laughs> the scene in the store with the, with the shop girl. Oh, the jealous. Yeah. Hilarious. Yoon Suri, like, you need a suit, man. So takes him to this probably shop that costs $25,000 for a bajillion suit. dollars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and picks out like five different color suits and make, and then you just get like that classic girl scene where they come out mm-hmm. of the dressing room in various different outfits. And as this yep. is happening, the sales girl is like, oh, he's super handsome. How long have you guys been together? And you, insider, you see you and Siri get jealous and starts getting like possessive as he's trying. That suit looks terrible mm-hmm. on you. You need to watch something, <laughs> put something else on. Uh-huh. The shop girl is just enamored with him. It's like, oh, my God, you look amazing in this. It's like, you're so lucky that you're like dating uh, this man. Like, he's gorgeous. And you and Siri is like, back the fuck off. <laughs> But he gets his little makeover and all his suits. And they have the scene where they're walking out of the mall. And she's kind of striding forward. And then you see the camera kind of flash to him. And he's holding the door for, you know, a couple people to walk through the door through, like, the main entrance. And then he keeps standing there because people keep coming and just let him hold the door. And because he's so handsome, like, movie star handsome, he starts getting filmed. Like, oh, look at this nice gentleman who's super handsome holding the door for like a hundred people and Yoon Suri has to come back in and rescue him. My favorite part about this is that like some teen girl records it and then uploads it on like some version of YouTube and then they sit together at the computer and she's like oh my god like I told you you needed to be careful like everyone has a camera in South Korea like you're gonna get recorded and then they pull up the video and they're like looking through the comments and she's reading them for him and she's like this is the most handsome and respectful man ever. I love this man. Like all these comments. And he's like, read a couple more. And then he like sits down and he's like, let me just scroll through these. (laughs) It's hilarious. It's also kind of leads right into him kind of hanging out at her apartment because she has to keep going to work and she's trying to keep him hidden. Meanwhile, truck guy is Mm -hmm. still like on the loose. But as he's staying at her apartment, he's bored. And so he discovers video games, like a first person shooter (laughs) or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) And he kind of gets into this uh, like remote battle where you see him get very invested in this game. And it's like, oh, he's yeah, we've designed this perfect hero for the show. But also he's still a dude. (laughs) And here's a a little bit of a nerd. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. And so that's a good segue. So during one of these video game battles, uh, he's like totally horribly beat by someone that's playing on the other side. And so he they're obviously like, I don't know how guys really do this, but they're trash talking. <laughs> and then they decide that they're going to fight in real life. And uh, I don't think that actually ever happens. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and so as he's walking out of the hallway, Yoon City comes over and she's like, where are you going? And he's like, oh, I have to fight this guy. Uh, he like dishonored me or something, et cetera, et cetera. She's like, OK, you can't go fight people. But it turns out that this kid was uh, one of the five-member squad that has come to uh, South Korea to find him. And it was kind of one of those accidents where each of the group um, kind of went off to go try to find Yoon City and Captain Lee. And uh, they got caught up in South Korean funness. And so he was just playing video games at an internet cafe like the whole day. And he was actually going to fight this guy. But it turned out it was Captain Lee. But again, missed opportunity. And it's fun, too, because they kind of like goofy character in their group. Uh, He started working at like a barbecue chicken place, like a fried chicken place. And he finally got a break after how many hours of working. And he gets a phone call for someone putting in an order. But he's like, I'm just now getting on my break. Like, fuck off. And so he takes the phone off the receiver and puts it on the thing. And it was Captain Lee. (laughs) It was Captain Lee trying to order chicken. (laughs) And so the whole time they're kind of relaying back like towards the end of the day. And they're just roasting each other because they're like, nobody actually like did anything they were supposed to do. But every single one of them was like 0.2 seconds away from finding the guy that they're actually fucking looking for. (laughs) It's this whole cat and mouse game, like (sighs) comically cat and mouse game of them basically chasing each other around Seoul. Um, Yeah, it's phenomenal. 
And it's good, too, because it kind of uh, balances out some of the, like, emotional romantic scenes between mm-hmm. Captain Lee and Yoon City and kind of gives you, like, a comedic break that's also relevant to the plot still. I did like how those scenes were done. Yeah, I agree. You get a lot of everything in this show. You get a lot of romance. There's a lot of comedy, like uh, subtle comedy. There's action, like the whole motorcycle truck ramming mm-hmm. shooting scene is like the most action you could <laughs> imagine in this kind of show. And then, yeah, moments like this. It's very, it's a good mm-hmm. balance. It keeps a like variety of viewers kind of involved and engaged. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of leads us. So the squad kind of comes up with this final idea of how they're going to try to find Yoon City because they see an advertisement that uh, Series Choice, her company is releasing like a, a living items Oh, yeah, like a home home store. It's like high-end Ikea for South Korea. Yeah, yeah. Or like, uh, what is that brand, West Elm? That's kind of like what I, yeah, (laughs) the fancy one that I 100% can't afford in a million years. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, uh, they see this advertisement and they're like, okay, we're going to dress up as South Koreans and we're going to go to the store opening. She's probably going to be there and that's how we're going to find her. And so they wear the like comically most like, stereotypical south korean outfits uh the one guy has like plaid pants and a chanel shirt on uh the other guy has like a black turtleneck it's so fucking funny and so they walk around trying to find ways to meet yun city and so they're like okay i'm gonna buy out this like whole living room setup and the salesman's like um okay that'll be you know this many billions of won and they're like uh we don't have that much money but like i can bargain with the chairwoman right and the salespeople are like um that's not how this works. These, these dudes do not know how to life. Like, they are just stumbling their no. way through. <laughs> yep. And so it kind of gets to the point that they're being very suspicious, you know, obviously. And so the security guys are about to, like, tell them, you know, hey, you need to get out of the store. Like, you're being weird. Like, I'm going to report you. And so they overhear this conversation. And they're running out of the store. And one of them, the, like, young, like, private, like, 18-year-old kid was sleeping in one of the bed, like, setup rooms. <laughs> so cute. And so they, like, you know, are yelling at him. Everybody's going. He's the last one in this train. And he trips as he's, like, walking down the stairs. And he hurts and he his foot. he loses his shoe. Oh, it's so... Yeah, he does not have shoes on. This is so important. And I will tell you why. So he trips and he gets picked up by the other guy. But as this is happening, Captain Lee is turning a corner and he watches this all happen in slow-mo. And he's like... <gasps> what the fuck and it's kind of this dawning moment that like okay like my real life has kind of re-entered this dream state that i'm having with yin city like everything's great but my squad is here in south korea and so the guys all kind of like run away they meet up in this park and they're like oh my god like how the fuck are we gonna find yin city like that was our chance and it didn't work and then uh the kid is like i don't have any shoes and they're like why didn't you leave your shoes like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) it's so sad and he's like crying about it and he's like i'm so sorry i was just so tired so i like laid in the bed and they're like no it's okay and then the one guy gives him his shoes and as he's about to put him on captain lee comes over and he has his shoes in his hand and he puts the shoes on for this kid and the kid starts crying and he's like captain lee you're back (laughs) there is so much hero worship going on between like the men and captain lee and so it's very the scene itself is super cute because they're all sitting on that bench like you said and the dude who offers to give him the shoes is like the grumbly one of the group who's like very snarky and like but does the right thing and he's actually a super kind Mm -hmm. dude but he doesn't like to be and then they're putting the shoes on right but when what you see in the camera is just another pair of shoes enter like enter the view so it's just the shoes and like the bottom half of the legs and you're like who is and we know it's captain lee and then like the camera pans <laughs> up and there's captain lee and all his like south korean glory now with his new like his new outfit and his uh-huh. new hairdo and yeah it's a very sweet reunion god it's so fucking cute i was like an emotional wreck during this scene because all of them are crying and they have this cute little like giant hug it's just too much and so he kind of like takes them all back to Yoon City or he calls Yoon City and she like comes up mm-hmm. in her like Range Rover and then they all start crying again because they're like, we missed you. And she's like, oh, my God, why are you here? And then they have a cute little like hug fest, whatever. And then they go back to her house and it's like this cute scene of them like, there's no way you live here. And she's like, yeah, this is 
this is my house. And the one grumpy guy that Jordan was talking about is like laughing really comically. And he's like, there's no way you live in a house this big. What do you do with all these rooms? And she's like, "Uh, one's my bedroom. One's like my exercise room, et cetera, et cetera. And he's like, you're a very quick-witted woman. I didn't think you'd have an answer to that. I died. <laughs> it was so, their banter back and forth because Yoon Suri and the and the grumbly one um, have this the entire show like this very quick-witted mm-hmm. exchange all the time, and you can tell like they both enjoy it and they just never admit it's to it. So, and uh, then it's adorable. So all of this is happening in parallel to another um, development back in North Korea between Alberto and Captain Lee's former fiance. Or uh, is she former now? Uh, questionable. I don't know. She becomes for. I mean, it's pretty clear. She becomes former at some point in the show. Um, but they are kind of bonding in a way. Like they have united in their front against Captain Lee and... Uh, Yun City. And so we I don't think we can really get into a lot of detail because there is so much plot that goes on. Mm-hmm. But just so mm-hmm. you know, like the, that is developing in the background, this kind of relationship between those two characters as well. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think I love most about this show is it kind of inverts most stereotypes of K-dramas and I think just like romance books that in this show, Yun City is the billionaire. She's like the wealthy one. And then Captain Lee the you know male figure is the one that doesn't really have that much money and she's kind of like sparkling him with gifts and then it's the same with alberto and dan that she is the one that's like kind of like gruff and aloof and like no i'm not interested in you and alberto is like i have never had a woman not be interested in me like let me work hard for this and so it's just a fun like flip of stereotypes that we normally see but it's like done really well that you're like mm-hmm, it feels good like how does it feel to be on the opposite side of this you know interaction <sighs> It's so cute. You also get some vulnerability from Alberto. You get to learn a little bit more of his background and how he, you know, they they kind of sell him as a con man throughout the show. And then I think right around episode 12, you actually learn that, yes, he was a con man, but also, uh, is it really that bad if he's getting one, like, back on his own? Because he came from mm-hmm. a super wealthy family, and his dad, I think, was betrayed by a business partner or, like lost his funds to some sort of scheme it's worse the so at the kind of at the very end of episode 12 like uh alberto and dan have this like uh heart to heart moment and he reveals that it's in city's family her dad that was the one that bamboozled his dad out of his money and so that was his plan the whole time to like try to get in city to marry him was that so he could get revenge on the guy that basically ruined his life yeah, Alberto has got is a very um uh, multifaceted character. I think they did him mm-hmm. really really well. And then um how do we say her name again? Have we been saying her name? Uh I said Dan. That's how it's put in the subtitles, but that obviously does not uh, Yeah, okay. Feel so well, quite right, but Yeah, but Dan, she kind of um uh, starts to accept that maybe her future with Captain Lee isn't as guaranteed as she thought it was and maybe she doesn't mm-hmm. want it anyway, especially as she's growing closer to Alberto, but it's like like you said, it's a kind of a role reversal of a typical female role where she's very resistant and kind of um annoyed but in a funny way with alberto Mm -hmm. it's it's super cute it's adorable and so while all of this is happening kind of part of the two final scenes is that yun city's second oldest brother the kind of like more sketchy one the less bumbling one he is meeting up with mr cho who's the manager for truck gang basically they're kind of fixer guy and they're meeting with truck gangs like leader who's out to get uh yun city and captain lee and this guy and he's like i figured i would bring you know two like minds to the same table you know you and your wife want to get rid of yun city and this guy also wants to get rid of yun city uh you guys should maybe work together and they use some kind of like loaded language that the older or the second oldest brother is like i don't want to kill her like what are you doing like if this got out i would be totally done in the media you know what the fuck are you doing and he leaves except the sister or the wife kind of stays there and she's like well if you're gonna do all this you probably need money and a lot of information and then it kind of like flashes forward and truck guy is watching yun city's apartment from his car at night freaky hate this they're going to kill her (laughs) And she and it just shows how uh, how easy it is to follow someone and and kind of 
do that whole stalker routine because Yoon City never picks yeah. up on it because the dude is good. Like there's, ugh, it's creepy. It's done really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. is that kind of where we end on episode 12? Uh, it's like the second to last scene because the last scene fucking destroyed my entire soul. So Yoon City basically is kind of getting, you know, so the squad's there, Captain Lee, he really needs to go back. And so she has this moment in the morning before she like goes out um, where she's like, I have meetings this morning, you know, I have to go by, like, you should probably, you know, if I don't see you again, it's fine. You know, basically saying goodbye and kind of closing herself off. Oh, from because yeah. she, okay. Yeah. So Captain Lee and his squad have a conversation, um, like when they suspect she's not around, but she's around the corner. Because eavesdroppers always hear what they want to hear. Um, (laughs) And the squad is telling him, like, hey, man, like, we're on a time crunch here. Your dad sent us here to get you and bring you back. And this is after um, they've already resolved um, the stalker evil truck gang dude. Like, they already had a confrontation with him. um, And, right, I think? Um, They had, like, one confrontation, but he escaped, I think. Yeah, he got away. Uh, Captain Lee saved the day again with Yoon City's help. Um, so this is after that. And Captain Lee is kind of like, well, I think we've kind of disbanded the threat at this point. So, yes. And so this is what Yoon City overhears. Um, and so she's kind of bracing herself for yet another goodbye. But she realizes that this is the best thing for them. Mm-hmm. And so she leaves for the day. And then we kind of kind of discovered through a series of events that it's her birthday that day. And so she gets back to the house and we get the scene of, yeah, the squad leaving. Jordan's face is going through every emotion. I'm (laughs) I'm remembering the tape recorder. I know. Oh, my God. Okay, sorry. Continue. (laughs) No, it's okay. So the tape recorder that Jordan was talking about. So when Captain Lee was playing video games and, you know, like chilling out for the day, he saw this like tape recorder on Yoon City's desk and he kind of like casually opened it. He's like, what is this? And he played it. And it's basically like Yoon City's like goodbye suicide note from when she was in Switzerland. And he's like, Oh my God. And she recorded it on her birthday, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yep. And so that's how he knows it's her birthday. And so she leaves for the day and we get this scene of them all like have their coats on. They're leaving somewhere and they kind of file out the door and he, you know, has the one final look back and then he leaves. And so we're under the assumption that he is going back to North Korea. And so Yoon City gets home at the end of the day. All the lights are off. It's dark. And she has this whole fucking like breakdown. Like, But she she thought this was coming. Like she knew she basically gave Mm -hmm. him leave to leave. Um, and that was yeah. the only way they could really say goodbye. And that's how she wanted it, too. But, like, when she's finally returns to her apartment alone, she like, she has this breakdown where she can finally Ugh. let all the emotions about saying goodbye again out. Ugh. Yep. And so she's sobbing on the floor. All the lights are off. It's dark. And then the lights come on. And she kind of looks around confused. And Captain Lee and the squad come out. They all have these dopey ass birthday hats on. One of them has a giant bouquet of roses. The other has this little like stuffed penguin thing. And they're just watching her. And he's like, I thought you said this was what South Koreans do on their birthday. And he's like, I thought it was what they did on their birthday, too. Because she's bawling. She is like crying her eyes (laughs) out. Ugly crying. (laughs) And so they're all panicking. And then she's like, Uh, And then she runs out the door. Captain Lee goes to get her and they, you know, have their little like comedic like, what the fuck? This is all your fault. And so Captain Lee is like uh, standing behind her as she's sobbing her eyes out. And she's like, I thought you left. Like, I thought I'd be okay with this, but I'm not really. And she's like, don't look at me like I'm ugly crying, like I'm a mess. And he like comes around behind her and instead of like, you know, kind of stepping in the way of her wishes, he just hugs her from behind as she's crying. It's the fucking cutest. Girl, I <laughs> and that's basically the end of the episode. That's them the embracing, of, and it's yeah, emotional breakdown because it's her birthday, and yeah, the tape <sighs> the tape recorder got me. Like his face listening mm-hmm. to the tape recorder. Ooh. Oh, because just imagine this is like the woman that he loves that he like has gone literally across one of the most dangerous borders in the world just to like make sure she's okay and then he hears the uh, and he was there too because she was recording it in switzerland and he interrupted her as she's recording it to ask to get a picture with dan so it's like all of these timelines coinciding 
I am not emotionally okay. Yeah, we're not okay. Yoon Suri is not okay. Captain Lee is not. No one is okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is how we're closing out episode twelve. Yes. Yeah. And then four more episodes. <laughs> and so uh, the next four episodes will be episodes thirteen through sixteen, and then those will come mm-hmm. out next Friday, September first. Yep. I can't do math, so I'm just trusting you that uh, <laughs> that is the day. I have no idea. <laughs> So, yeah, from our Netflix to yours. We'll see you on the next scene. I think that's what we decided. That is. Who knows? (laughs) You know what? We'll go with it. (laughs) We're here. (laughs) Hi, readers. If you'd like to help us pick our next book, send us a message on Instagram. Or if you'd like to just listen, we post new episodes every Monday and Wednesday on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon. Thanks for listening. Bussin'.